hi everyone, welcome to Immunet's. I'm Ertuğrul Bolek and uh, I'm one of the Immunet peer mentoring subgroup working group members. A few minutes ago, we performed uh, Immunet's mentor mentee meetings in uh, ACR20. It was so pleasure to us to be host, host for Professor Machado and five Immunet members. Uh, Professor Machado is from UCL, uh, from UK. Also, he is the past chair of the Immunet. Uh, he he is the one of us. Uh, uh, we intend to perform a quick interview with uh, you uh, about uh, these mentorment meetings. Uh, also, again, we are happy to have you, Professor. Welcome again. Uh, could you please introduce introduce yourself? So hi everyone, uh, it, it is a real pleasure to to be here today. And uh, um, as you've just mentioned, I am one of the past chairs of, of Uminet, and it's a, it's a, it's a real pleasure to be contributing now to the this mentor mentee meetings in a different in a different role. I am a consultant rheumatologist, a clinician. Uh, and an associate professor at, at University College London. Um, I have a, a research interest in two conditions, in fact, in spondyloarthritis and myositis, and my research activities focus on clinical trials and uh, outcomes research, including, including imaging outcomes. Thank you. Uh, what do you think about uh, this program, which is the one of the immediate activities, mentor mentor meetings? So I think it's a very positive and important initiative. Um, I was actually one of the responsible for starting this um, a few years ago. Um, and uh, uh, I think mentoring uh, is something uh, that is perhaps not sufficiently appreciated and valued uh, uh, at, the, at, the, at the global level, I guess. And uh, uh, both mentoring in clinical careers as well as in academic careers. Um, I think there's a big lack in a lot of countries or in the majority of countries of, mentor, of mentorship schemes. In, in certain countries, it's, it's becoming a little bit more popular but not probably not as much popular as it should be. Because you know, a young uh, researcher, a young doctor, uh, uh, and actually not only young, but mid-stage mid, mid career researchers and doctors, we, we, we face, we, you know, all these people face a lot of challenges and a lot, a lot of doubts uh, during their career. And, uh, and, and it's important sometimes to have the feedback and the advice uh, and an, an advice that is free of conflicts of interest and independent advice. Ideally, sometimes even from someone that is not from your own specialty or your own institution, but that, but that knows the system well. So I think this type of advice is really important and you don't often get it. And obviously, you know, this initiative by Immunet, is, it's, it's a one-off thing, it's one meeting, but even being one meeting, it could mean a lot for a person uh, and, and, and it, it could be the starting point for, 
for something else. Um, so I, I see this as a very valuable and positive uh, activity. And, and uh, I think ideally, um, and maybe Immunet wants to think about this, uh, maybe it would be possible to create a more, um, a, a, a more established mentorship scheme if you could find in, you know, uh, mentors that would be available to give their time, expertise uh, uh, to such a program. And maybe you could establish you know, a mentorship scheme um, uh, that, that could be rolled out uh, to young ULR investigators. Yeah. Have you ever attended to uh, these kinds of meeting as a mentee, especially mentee before? In fact, I haven't. But uh, I have felt the need in the past to discuss with a mentor uh, or someone that could advise me. Uh, and I guess because I appreciate that need, and uh, I didn't always have that. Uh, I appreciate also the value of these initiatives. Uh, what do mentees usually expect from you as a mentor? How, you, how can you contribute to mentees as a mentor? I think what they expect is honest, unbiased advice. Uh, and that's what I try to give. I try to understand their setting, their concerns, and based on my own experience, based on my knowledge, to advise them as best as I can. And I think that's, that's, that's what they expect from me, is that based on my personal experience, based on my knowledge about career progression, about um, uh, academia, about uh, leadership, uh, about the, the, the system itself. Uh, it's to what they expect from me is honest advice and that's what I try to give them. Um, I try to, uh, to contribute uh, as much as possible, if it, even if it's a limited contribution over a short period of time. Uh, I, I just try to contribute as much as possible in terms of advice towards their career development and towards the next steps on, on their career. Okay. Unfortunately, as you know, this year during not only ACR, but also Euler uh, could not be held as a mentor-mentee meeting, face-to-face -face meeting due to COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, as like as the Congress, it's the included in. Uh, what do you think about the efficiency of the virtual meetings? Um, I, I have a positive opinion. Uh, uh, I think uh, you can be efficient running virtual meetings. I think sometimes it saves time because you're not traveling uh, to distant places. To be honest, when I think about some of the meetings I used to have in the past, sometimes one day meetings when, where I would you know, perhaps leave uh, at dawn 
to get the, the first flight and come back at night in the last flight of the day. I often think, well, actually, that could have been done everything online. Um, uh, I think obviously you lose something, you know, you, you, you lose the personal interactions. Um, you, you, you lose the, the bit of, you lose the networking. Um, you, you, you lose that personal and, you know, that, that feeling of being close to, to someone and that, that, that the body language, all that gives you additional information, obviously. You lose that. And I don't think life could all be online. <laughs> that would be very depressing. <laughs> that would be very depressing. But, but I do think that there are a lot of things that we probably should continue doing online and that we need to find the right balance uh, between the virtual world and, and the real face-to-face -face world. So overall, I, I, view, I view these meetings in a positive way. Um, it's also sometimes useful to just be sitting, you know, inside your computer. Sometimes you actually listen more carefully to the talks. Um, and uh, it's also good to have the opportunity to, um, you know, go back to, to, to a talk and listen to it again, listen to it again. Um, do it, you know, do it when you have more time, uh, more free time and just go, go back to it and, and listen to it. Um, I think the, the trick now and the challenge for the future is to, to get the best, best balance between the two worlds and to get the most of, of the two worlds. And that's what we need to get right. Yeah, really. Uh, how did the um, pandemic and the distance work affect your life and academic career, your academic career? Well, uh, at the clinical level, um, I guess, I have a very similar experience to other colleagues across the world uh, where, well, at least many of them, whereby a lot of my clinical activities currently being done remotely. Um, so thinking about my outpatient activity, I think I'm seeing probably around 30% of the patients face-to-face -face and 70% of them um, remotely and that could be either telephone consultations or, or video consultations. And so that has been the, the major change in terms of my clinical uh, activity. Um, in terms of the, the research, um, it, it has been affected in the sense that there were delays of, in studies being approved. In fact, there, is a couple, there are a couple of studies that haven't been approved because of the, the pandemic, I'm still waiting for approval. Uh, for example, in terms of the clinical trials that I'm doing, I had to find new ways of, of, of I had to adapt and find new ways to be able to, uh, to do them while uh, guaranteeing the safety of the patients. Uh, so a lot of face-to-face -face clinical trial visits uh, were converted to remote visits, but then we needed safety bloods, so I, I had to liaise with the, with the sponsors or with the funders in order to uh, arrange, for example, uh, safety bloods to, to be made at, at, at home, uh, at the patient's home. Uh, we had to arrange for the delivery of uh, IMP, so investigational medicinal product, 
um, uh, delivery by the post to the patient, and that requires a special career, for example. Um, uh, uh, so, and then um, I, I, I guess I, I innovated as well, because um, I also developed a research interest in, in COVID-19 in, in rheumatic diseases. Um, I am leading the, uh, the COVID-19 um, registry um, of patients with rheumatic diseases that has been launched by ULAR. Um, I am on the steering committee of the Global Rheumatology Alliance. Uh, so, so basically, I've also developed a, a new research interest as a consequence of, of this pandemic. Um, and as I guess as the, the pace of some of my other research activities slowed down a bit, uh, I was also able to find uh, new research topics and COVID was one of them. Yeah, I understand. Uh, finally, I want to ask a final question to you. Uh, what would you suggest to mentees, especially for those who cannot be here, to continue their research during the di these difficult times? Uh, well, to believe in themselves, not to give up, and to persevere. Uh, you know, there will always be challenges throughout their career. This is just one more of, the, of, of those challenges. Um, and we, you know, there will always be solutions. And if, even if they're not seeing at this point in time, there will be solutions. They will be able to overcome these challenges. So don't give up and believe in yourselves. Thank you, Professor. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation.